0: I think you just learn with experience as you have more time under the barbell and you start to appreciate the importance of recovery and being able to having the ability to recover from your workouts because it doesn't matter how hard you pound yourself into the ground. If you're not recovering from your workouts, you're probably not going to make
1: any long-term progress. That voice you heard in the beginning is strength coach, author, and 80s movie aficionado Tony Gentilcore. On this episode of All About Fitness, I catch up with Coach Gentlecore, and we talk about a number of different things. And, and for listeners, I've interviewed Tony one or two times before. I'm, I am have a link to one of our recent interviews in the show notes down below. I think it was maybe probably a little bit more than a year ago, so it's not quite so recent. It, the interesting thing is Tony's a well-known, very well-known. He's a, he's a strength coach out of Boston. He has a training studio. He does a lot of training one-on-one in his studio in Boston, but he also does a lot of online training but in addition, Tony is a sought-after lecturer. He knows a lot about, about being a strength coach, and he knows how to design programs that work, that deliver results. And Tony and I, our relationship goes back a number of years. If you've ever heard Tony write about like his the corporate gym that he worked for, the soulless corporate gym, well, I was the regional director of fitness or the national director of fitness for that soulless, Cor- soulless corporate gym when Tony was a trainer just starting his fitness career. So we've known each other a few years, but he's one of those guys I have a tremendous amount of respect for. I love his writing. I love his no-nonsense approach to fitness. And I just love the way he puts the information out there. In this day and age of social media and, and these self-appointed fitness celebrities online, Tony is the real deal. And, and I mean that. Going back, maybe we've known each other now, Uh, 12 years, give or take, but going back for the time that I've known him, he is a real deal. He's authentic. And on this episode today, we have a great conversation about a couple different things. One, we talk about biohacking. Do you need to be concerned with biohacking? And are you missing any results if you aren't biohacking? I think you'll be interested in our thought process on this. But two, I reached out to Tony because he and I both had a recent we both had a couple of the same experiences. I received a very negative review where I made a comment. I made the throwaway comment in a previous podcast referring to something being like a bunch of little girls. Now, that's an inappropriate comment. And for the listener that wrote that, I doubt you're listening again. But for the listener that wrote that comment, thank you. Because you took the time to to write that. It made me take a look at what I was saying. And I realized that, yeah, there are some phrases that are in our common usage that should probably be removed, like playing like girls or crying like girls. Look, you have the College World Series of softball going on. You have the, the Women's you know, Soccer World Cup going on. I would love, I would love to play like one of those women. I would love to be an athlete like one of those women. But on this episode, one of the things that Tony and I do is we talk about how some of these gender issues present themselves in fitness because fitness is all about helping people look better, right? But we have to be mindful of what we're doing, especially for male coaches and educators like Tony and I. So in this episode of All About Fitness, you hear Coach General Core and I talk about biohacking. Is biohacking something you should be concerned with? But then we also talk about a little bit about generals in the fitness industry and how we need to be very mindful of that, especially in this day and age of just the way we've changed, the way we've evolved. So there's a little bit of you know self-flagellation where Tony and I, we raise our hands and go, we made mistakes. I apologize for that. I appreciate when somebody points out what I say is not appropriate because if you feel that way, other people do too. So for the listener that may have wrote in and wrote that comment, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to do that because it prompted this important conversation. So after a word from the sponsors of All About Fitness, TerraCore and Hyperware, it is a ton of fun to catch up with one of the best coaches, one of the best lecturers out there, Tony Gentilcore. You can pick them up, you can carry them, you can lift them, you can swing them, you can throw them, you can do core training with them, metabolic conditioning with them, high intensity interval training. Whatever you want to do with movement, you can do it with a sandbell, you can do it with soft bells, or you can do it with a vest by HyperWear. Hyperwear makes some excellent products that allow you to move with extra resistance. Resistance training is what makes a difference in your body, folks. If you wanna get stronger, you gotta pick up something heavy. If you wanna burn a few calories, you pick up something heavy a little bit faster, but do it safely. Whatever your fitness goal is, Hyperwear makes a product that can help you achieve it. That's H Y P E R Wear.com. Hyperwear, makers of the vest. One of the best vests out there on the market. You can use a weighted vest. It stays close to your body. And you can do a tons of cool bodyweight exercises with it with a little extra weight. Hyperwear also makes sandbells and softbells, very unique weights. I love them. I use them in my book, Smarter Workouts, because they work. Use code AAF10. That's AAF10 to save 10% on the purchase of any Hyperwear product. And go to hyperwear.com to check out their entire catalog. It's a platform. It's a balance tool. You can do a ton of different exercises on it. Guys, you've been listening to me talk about the TerraCore. You've been hearing TerraCore ads on All About Fitness. Well, I've got great news for you. I went to the folks at TerraCore. The code AAF, I changed the code. The code AAF now gets you a 25% that is 2-5, 25% savings on a TerraCore. Use code AAF to save 25% on a TerraCore. What is TerraCore? Go to TerraCoreFitness.com. That is TerraCoreFitness.com. T-E-R-R-A corefitness.com and check out one of the coolest products in fitness. See why Men's Health voted it one of the top fitness at-home products that you should have for your workouts. Check out TerraCore Fitness on Instagram to see some amazing tricks. Again, TerraCore now is 25% off through All About Fitness. Use code AAF to save 25% on the purchase of a TerraCore. I'm Pete McCall, of the All About Fitness podcast. Today, we're to catch up with Tony Gentilcore out of Boston. Tony, I want to ask you today. You know, we've we've talked a couple times on on the show. Now that you're over safely over the age of forty, how what are you noticing? we do changing
0: safely over the age of forty. Well, Careful.
1: Well, you know, forty. You're, you're, if you're more than forty in a day, but you're, no, you're still in your very early, very early forties. But yeah. the, the question I have, and what's interesting to me is do you notice any changes in yourself and, and what are you doing with your own workouts to, to kind of, uh, to make adjustments for those changes?
0: To answer your question. Yes. Uh, I, I will say I had my, my, my kid is now two years and some change now. So I had him when I, when I turned 40, uh, and I will say that from 40 to 41, I would say is arguably one of the best years of training I've ever had, which sounds very uh, counterintuitive because there was lack of sleep and there 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 was obviously shenanigans going on with having a newborn uh, under the roof. Um, <laughs> but I, I I was I was still very much consistent with my training. However, the difference was I understood that I wasn't. 25 anymore so uh you know i think you can maybe agree with me here where when we were 20 25 maybe even 30 uh we would kind of have bragging rights like oh i was in the gym for two hours today uh you know whether or not you're actually doing work for two hours is can be debated because of course now there's you know getting on instagram and chatting and stuff like that but um now it's like if i'm in if i'm in the gym for more than 60 minutes. I'm, I'm like, oh man, what am I doing in my life?
1: <laughs> so, um, well, it's, no, it's funny you say that because it's exactly what I was thinking about as you're saying that, you know, in our 20s, it was like a badge of honor to do a 90 minute, two hour workout. Yeah. And now I get mad at myself if I'm, if I'm, it, it's one thing, I don't count my mobility warm up. I don't count my pre, I don't have all my mobility work as part of my workout. <laughs> yeah. Because it takes so long. But I look at it if, if I'm doing the actual workout portion of the workout for more than 30 minutes, I, I get mad at myself. If you know it, yeah. you know, it's like, but so, then I'm doing it wrong
0: i think i i mean i you know when we're 25 we have we don't have nearly as many responsibilities as we have when we're 40 of course like a job and a kid and you know just other life responsibilities but um i think you just learn with experience as you have more time under the barbell and you start to appreciate the importance of recovery and being able to having the ability to recover from your workouts because it doesn't matter how hard you pound yourself into the ground if you're not recovering from your workouts, you're probably not going to make any long-term progress. So I think any lifter over forty understands that. There's like this aha moment when maybe right when you're at the cusp before you. I would even say maybe starting at thirty-five is when you start to see like, man, I'm not, I'm not recovering from that leg workout as quickly as I used to. And it, it's just it's normal. It's, it's not you don't get the merit points. You're not less of a man because you you're, you take longer to recover from your workouts. Um, But I do think there is a a coming of age of sorts where you you start to appreciate the importance of getting ample sleep, staying hydrated, uh, making sure your nutrition is on point, Um, and just understanding, too, that your workouts uh, should only be as long as they need to be in order to get the results that you want. Like, you know, there's just less – there's just less time like time is more precious so you know spending two hours in the gym when you have a toddler and a wife and a job and it's just not going to be (laughs) manageable It's, it's, it's not going to work out for most guys so uh you know if we can get into the gym get our work done and get out and be consistent with that uh you know there there's certainly uh many 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 guys out there over 40 who are probably in the best shape of their lives they're just more efficient with their time and they're not they're not pissing around in the gym they're actually doing the work that normally took them 2 hours but really it takes you 45 minutes uh, you know,
1: it's, so. it's funny. Sorry to cut in. But as you say yeah. that, I'm, I'm just thinking about the last couple of times I was in the gym and and I go to a couple commercial, I have memberships to a couple commercial gyms in, in San Diego because, you know, I, I like to play around and use different equipment. But as you say that, Tony, what occurs to me is you're right. I do see, you know, guys our age, 40 and above. At the gym, I see them on their phones a lot less than I see like the under 35 crowd. The yeah. under 35 crowd has that four minute Instagram break bet- on the bench you know between sets whereas guys our age I think I think are a little bit more to your point we only got an hour get in get out and get it done
0: yeah get it get our work done it's it's as simple as that it, you know and, and that's not to say that I don't check social media and stuff that's not what I'm implying like I am human too uh but but yeah you, I think it's it's just like a, I don't know there's probably an appropriate term here whether it's like uh uh maturation or you know it's just it's just coming of age or it's just experience you just learn uh, as you get older, that y- you don't have as much time to waste in the gym as you used to. And you just got to
1: get the work done. Well, it's, it's Tony, you're a fan of eighties movies. And that's one of the things I always appreciate about your writing. So I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw a line from colors out at you and colors was what? 1987, 1988 with, um, uh, Robert, De, no, not Robert De Niro, but, uh, right. What's that? Sean Penn, Sean Penn and the old dude, uh, Duvall, Robert Duvall. So there was a line in there where the old cop, Robert Duvall, is talking to Sean Penn's character. And, and Sean Penn's like, let's go get these guys. And he's telling them the story about the two bulls. The young bull says, hey, dad, let's run down and, 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 you know, and hump one of those cows. And the father says, no, son, let's walk down and hump them all. And I think that's kind of that kind of e- exemplifies um, the process of, you well, know, first when of you all,
0: in get- the movie, did they actually say the word hump?
1: <laughs> well, I, it was a movie about gang That's violence it, in LA in the 80s. But and I'm going to come back to that in a second, but the, the the point being is when you get older, you're not as you you have a little more confidence, and you're not as rushed, and I think you you take a little bit different approach to things. But for that note, how have you changed your workouts? Like what are you doing differently with your workouts and workouts you create for your cuz you do a whole fit over 40 program, right?
0: Yeah. So, I I think Probably the most important thing I could recommend and that's really helped me a lot is I I hire a coach to write my programs. (laughs) Uh, I think that that's helped tremendously, especially, I I don't know about you, but the last person I want to write programs for is myself. So especially concerning the number of programs I write for other people. So hiring a coach to write my programs has been great uh and he knows and, and 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 my coach works predominantly with competitive powerlifters uh i am not a competitive powerlifter but he knows that i like to lift heavy things and i i, I of course have a uh a, a bit of a, a infatuation with deadlifts and um and when i when going back to my 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 40 to 41 years like that 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 span, that year of training, I finally did hit my 600 pound deadlift, which I've been pursuing forever and uh, you know it was, but it was it was year after having my kid after having turned 40 uh, that I that I finally hit that that, uh, that goal. Um, and, it, and and I owe a lot to him because he he just helped he, it was a very slow burn. It, w- it took a year of like up and down like progressing up slowly. Um, and you know, I wanted to get going, but he, but, uh, but with him, it was just, it was, there was a process and, uh, I had to hit certain numbers in order to, to move up to the next mark or ladder or so to speak. And it wasn't until I hit certain numbers with, 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 uh, um, uh, a certain amount of confidence in terms of like how it felt and how the bar speed felt, et cetera, that we said, okay, now, now it's time to actually go for it. So, um, you know, it, it, I look at that year of training, and even now, it's like any difference. Um, it is basically hitting like a, a couple of heavy-ish triples here and there, just to kind of remind the body that hey, we, we like to lift heavy things, but we're not going go we're not going gangbusters and trying to hit a PR every week because that's just absurd. But just trying to remind the body of like what it feels like to push or pull or hoist. A challenging weight for a triple, or maybe a double. The occasional single, but usually it's a triple. Um, and then, honestly, doing more higher rep bodybuilding type style joint friendly accessory work. Uh, you know, where it is doing like some bicep curls and tricep extensions and floor presses and uh, stuff like that. So, um, you know, I think again, I think most guys in their forties. Could, or could probably nod their head and be like, "Yeah, that's uh, that's what my training sounds like. I hit a couple heavy, uh, challenging weight with the bench press, the squat, or the deadlift, or whatever, and then the rest of the workout is just a a, a bodybuilding meathead session. Um, and that, that kind of keeps our joints healthy and doesn't beat us up as much. It isn't all about just hitting the big three every workout. Um, I, I, I and that's how my training is pretty much what it is right now. And I think most guys can." Can nod their head and be like, "Yeah, that sounds pretty similar."
1: Yeah, and that's and that's one way to look at it. And so the question I have, I mean, that's right. You hit the six hundred pounds, and for listeners out there, because we have to look at it, Tony. We're kind of in the first first generation of looking at people in their forties and fifties is still being really fit. Because mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't remember when I remember being a teenager when my parents were in their forties and fifties. It didn't seem like any of my parents or my parents' friends did that much act you know did that many activities yeah. and here you are at 40 picking up 600 pounds and and there's still a lot of fit people out there it, it's it's interesting i think we're in this generation now where we're kind of like people are lifting heavy in their 40s and 50s and 60s and it's not a big deal
0: yeah i mean i thought i saw a video of charles staley uh it was this week or last week and he's 59 and he pulled 440 for 10 reps uh that's pretty. That's pretty spectacular. <laughs> uh, you, yeah, and I do think a lot now that I think about it, and you brought it up. I do think a lot of it stems from the fact that you, myself, and and many guys our age grew up in an era where we we're watching Arnold Schwarzenegger, we were watching Sylvester Stallone, we were watching Wesley Snipes. Uh, we were watching all these movies in the '80s and early '90s of these jack dudes. We're like, yeah, I want to be like that. So we we definitely were a, a little bit more enamored with. Uh, health and fitness. And certainly, I mean, this isn't even going into conversation with athletics, of course. Um, but yeah, now that I think about it, yeah, we were definitely uh the the generation that grew up with those movies. I, I definitely think they they played a hand in um, you know, just lifestyle in general. Like, you know, yeah, we want to be we want to be fit and we want to be able to uh, play catch with our kids at 40, 50, 60 years old. And, um, you know, and we're, well, we're more informed. I mean, certainly the internet plays into that too. And I think anyone knows that the research backs it up where uh, consistent uh, progressive strength training uh, is great for bone health. It's great for body composition uh, and it, 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 and it's great for balance. It's great for power development. And, and, and in that, that carries over to everyday life, whether you are 25, 35, 45, up into your fifties and sixties. Uh, I know me personally; like I don't, I want to be a jack dad. Like my my kids, uh, you know, I, I want to be in my fifties and sixties and still be the jack dad. And I want to be able to walk around and do sprints and and not uh, break my hip when I have to
1: change direction. <laughs> Uh, you know what I mean? Like, Total, um, it, it, but it's funny cause I had, I, we had our first kid when I was 40. And, and the funny thing is you're talking about that earlier. So I turned in the, in the same summer, I turned 40, we had our kid. And then do you know what? I got excited about that summer, Tony, and you can probably relate to this. Buying blinds, you know, I was really excited. Here I was, 40 years old, I have a kid, and, and I was excited for getting blinds hung in my house. You know, it was the first time buying window treatments. I think we spent more money on the blinds than we did our first car. Yeah. And that, to me, was a sign of getting old. It's like, okay, I'm 40 now, I have a kid, and I'm excited about window treatments. But when you look at that, you're right. We now have people that are these examples and to use the Austrian oak, how gnarly was that? What about three, four weeks ago? He's you know Arnold's seventy three years old, and he got a double kick in the back oh, yeah. and barely moved. Yeah. You know,
0: yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, he's a tank. I mean, he's six to, I mean, he's still probably well over two twenty. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's just we had we had a lot of uh, um, whether we want to say idols or mentors or or whatnot, but certainly. Uh, They all played a role. I mean, I know. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I watched Predator or Terminator growing up. I mean, um, well, that's one. That's one of
1: the things. Yeah, that's one of the things I love about your writing, and I love about checking in on your blog. Is is I feel the exact same way. Is I wouldn't have lifted you know my first weight unless I had seen you know what was the movie Raw Deal or I mean horrible, horrible movies. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, (laughs) but. You want to, you wanted the big muscles. And, and in every movie, you know, Jean Claude or Arnold or, you know, they kicked ass and they got the woman. I mean, yeah. that, that is, that's what, a, that's why I've always felt like a kinship with you as a writer, as a blogger is that we both, that was kind of our driving factors. We wanted to drive the cool car. We wanted the fast car. We wanted the big arms and we wanted the hot babe on one of those arms at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, well, I, ne- I never got the cool car, so
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, neither. Hey, I drive, I drive the minivan. Well,
0: I, I look at, I look at my my history of car ownership, and none of them are at all sexy. So, <laughs> uh, but no, you're right. I, I, I think the, I, I do think if, if someone were to go in, if someone were to dig deep, dig deep into the behavioral economics of our generation and fitness. Uh, I, 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 would be hard pressed to think that, uh, the, the pop culture that we grew up with, uh, in, in, in addition to just the internet and just the, the, the bevy of information we have of our disposal there, uh, hadn't played a role.
1: Well, and to bring it back to the internet, cause one of the reasons I reached out to you for this interview, Tony, was you made a comment about biohacking mm-hmm. and, and I think you and I might have the same opinion on that. And, and, and it was funny because going back to the world of bodybuilding, bodybuilders, Have been doing this for fifty years, and they never came up with a silly term like biohacking to describe what they were doing. What was it that you? What was your kind of? What's your opinion or what's your thought when you hear that term biohacking? And what's your immediate reaction to it?
0: I mean, I guess. I mean, you and I were discussing this before we we hit the record button. But when I, from a, a fitness standpoint, from an exercise standpoint, I do feel biohacking is a way of, like you said, it breaking down an exercise. Whether we're talking about the deadlift, the squat. Or whatever, pick an exercise, and breaking it down and, and and figuring out way to make it more efficient or easier or easier access to the user. I think that's more or less what we said, correct?
1: Correct. Yeah, for hacking, yeah. that's just hacking. Yeah, yeah hacking so, an exercise is making it easier. Yeah, Yeah.
0: making it more accessible uh, to to the person using it. Um, when we talk about biohacking, um, that's when I I start to have not enough eye rolls to give, <laughs> where. <laughs> I just, I mean, and and this is not to say there there their science has not been great in this regard. Like I, I'm not anti science. Like you know, there's a lot of cool stuff out there that's you know, I'm not gonna, I can't think of any examples right now, but um, there there's 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 many things that are pretty cool that people it's like. Oh, look at this, and you know, whether we talk about. Um, uh, uh, blue light blockers at night or, or whatever there, I mean, there's stuff that, that definitely has uh, validity and, or is eff- efficacious, but, um, and, but in a broad sense, uh, when, when you go on Instagram or Facebook and someone starts talking about biohacking and how if you take this pill or you do like this routine that you're going to, you, know, you know, your, your gut biome is going to improve by 217% and, 're gonna you're gonna add 50 pounds of muscle in three weeks um, that's where I start the eye roll because um, we just know that that's not possible
1: <laughs> and, and 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 that's why I agree with you and that's where and especially with like other other podcasters is it's one thing and, and I think there's a responsibility my, my my point of view of this is there's a responsibility. You have a responsibility as a blogger. You have a responsibility as an educator. To yes, you're trying to promote like a thought. You're trying to promote the way that you do things. But your responsibility is to put good information out there. And sometimes what I hear, Tony, when I hear some of these these quote unquote biohackers, it's more that they're trying to push a pill or they're trying to push a certain thing. And when it, and I don't, there's nothing wrong. I think with being mindful of what you eat, being mindful of what you do throughout the day. But to label it something called biohacking to me is just kind of like, oh, really? Do we need to call it that?
0: Yeah, and you know, and it it kind of goes into a a, a conversation that I heard Dan John uh, talk about recently. I, I was listening to him on the on the Fitcast with Kevin Larrabee, and and of course, Dan John, he, he's he, there's a lot of wisdom that comes uh, at, out of hearing him talk. I mean, this is a guy who has. 40-plus years of coaching experience, so it's hard not to learn from him. But I remember he was kind of discussing the same topic, you know, as far as, like, going on Instagram and you see these Instagram fitness celebrities who look fantastic, um, but they probably look the way they do because of their genetics a lot of the time. Uh, not to say that some didn't work hard to look the way they look, but um, there is a, a picking. Uh, some people just pick the right parents, and they look the way they look, <laughs> look despite whatever they do. You know, they just they're they have a, they've always had a six pack, they've always been athletic looking, they've always had a, a nice looking butt. Um, it isn't because of some biohacking thing that they oh look what I do, and because more often than not, I mean, but if we if we pull back the the curtain that person did not do or use what
1: they're selling to look the way they look. <laughs> and, that's, you know, that's exactly the point. I, I think that's a great point right there.
0: And, and, you know, and, and Dan was kind of alluding to this and he, he was telling a story of uh, a conversation. One of his mentors had with a, with an NBA player back in the sixties, seventies, I forget the player, but let's just say it's Bill Russell. Uh, who was a very tall, I mean, I think he was, he was well over seven feet tall. Um, And the and and it would be akin to someone uh, asking Bill Russell, well, you know, Bill, what what do we have to do to be, what's the easiest way to be an NBA basketball player? And it'd be like Bill Russell saying, well, idiot, all you gotta do is be seven foot two and you'll be (laughs) an NBA basketball player. And that kind of goes into these, a lot of these Instagram uh, fitness celebrities saying like, yeah, like, like, you can lose, you just gotta, you just gotta do this and you're, you're going to look like I look and it's just, um, no, it's cause they picked the right parents <laughs> and there's, there is a genetic component involved. So, um, you know, so I think we just have to, um, people have to do a better job of, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, using their bullshit meter, um, and understand that, uh yes there's science that we're not anti science but let's be honest like most of the most people are are, are um biohacking stuff because they want to sell
1: something And that's exactly what – that's why I wanted to bring that out is that's a marketing term. Is biohacking a marketing term? Because when you look at it, what do bodybuilders do? Bodybuilders have been doing this for years is you do a workout. You track your progress. You look at your results. You say, how can I do it better? Do I need to reduce this? Do I need to change this? I mean all you're doing is you're monitoring your program and you're making adjustments. I mean weightlifters have been doing this for decades.
0: And And, and honestly, as far as, I mean, this is about as unsexy as it gets, but as far as the best biohacking is go to bed, (laughs) uh, you know, turn, turn off your computer, turn off your phone, uh, turn on the fan, turn on some white noise, read a book, uh, go to bed and make sure you drink enough water and eat. Uh, 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 eat for your goals and you know there's your biohack and do it do it forever
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? you're so right because that's also hey listeners just, just so listeners know that is also the best way you can do a where um, are those things a cleanse so if you want to cleanse oh, or you want to biohack yeah. here's what here's what Tony and I are going to sell you go to bed early i'm gonna quote quote dan john don't eat like an idiot and just you know pay attention to to what you do throughout the day and that's all the biohacking or the you know you stay hydrated all the biohacking or the quote-unquote cleansing you need right yeah save yourself a couple hundred dollars and do that wait wait, no no send a couple hundred dollars to tony and i if you will biohack you and we'll cleanse you we'll give you cleanses all day long just keeps to keep the money flowing in
0: even better yeah (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, with that, like, how do you approach nutrition? Because I'm sure you get asked all the time, like, what do I need to be eating, Tony? What do I need? Because I always like one of the other things I really respect about you is you're one of these guys who stays in your lane. Meaning, yeah. if I want to go to, if I want to get really strong, I'm going to come to you. If I, need, if I need nutrition advice, though, Tony, you're probably not my first choice. And I don't no. want any disrespect by that. No. So, how do you answer those questions with your clients when they ask you about, hey, what should I be eating? What supplements should I be taking? You know, that well, whole. Well,
0: I'm I'm fine with giving basic information and advice when it comes to nutrition. Like if you know, I'll, if 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 like if I have a young athlete as an example, um, come to me and be like, oh, I you know I, I can't seem to be put on weight no matter what, I eat all day. I can't put on any weight, and then I'm like, well, what did you have for breakfast? And if I hear crickets chirping, uh, that means that they didn't eat something for breakfast because they they're in a rush to get to school. And my answer is going to be. Eat some freaking breakfast, <laughs> um, yeah. then. And then we have a discussion on okay, what are, what are going to be some you know better options for breakfast? Like certainly, my first choice isn't isn't going to be a massive bowl of Cap'n Crunch. Uh, but it is better than nothing, and it is calories. And if they want to put on weight, they need calories. You know. But I will have a conversation of like, you know, what do you think about eggs? Like, I think having an omelet in the morning is great, or having uh, some toast with uh, with a banana and some peanut butter, or a protein shake. Or you know, th- there is a conversation to be have about like what someone's preferences are, what they have access to, what they like. Um, uh, you know, and so like, yeah, I'll keep stuff basic like that. Um, you know, if people are looking for something more specific, like they actually want a meal plan or they have uh, a dietary restriction or a medical condition, that's where I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I am I am not your person, but I, I, uh, I am well-connected in the industry. I can point you to uh, an individual who might be able to give you the information you're looking for. Um you know, whether it's here in Boston, or if they live elsewhere uh, in the country, I, I, I know many people or just even resources. I mean, uh, I mean, sending people to precision nutrition is usually a good idea. Uh, I mean, there's there's a mountain of information there uh, that I don't disagree with. So uh, that that would be a, a, an, an easy example.
1: Well, and I thought I'd ask you that because I'm sure I mean, we're talking about hacking. I mean, that's one of the biggest areas where that comes up, right? Is people ask about supplements or what yeah. should I be doing? Yeah, supplements. And,
0: are, yeah, supplements are. I I I'm very very. Uh, um, I'm not anti supplement, but I, I I even when it does when even when it does come to that topic, I'm very simple. Uh, whereas, like I'm, I am, I am a fan of fish oil. Uh, I am a, a fan of vitamin D. Uh I am a fan of uh protein powder. Uh, you know, it just has an easy easy way of gaining more access to protein if you if you're not eating enough calories or getting enough protein in your diet. And then I can also make a case for creatine. Um outside of those, like go eat a steak. <laughs> um <laughs> uh or have a greens product or something where or you know, eat food. Like that you more yeah. often than not like. There, that is your supplement. If you're trying to put on weight, you need calories. You don't need a mass gainer, three thousand. Um, if you're trying to lose weight, you probably just need to eat less calories, <laughs> and you don't, you yeah. don't, you don't need a fat burner. Um, so, I mean, yes, there are supplements. I think supplements are fantastic, and but they're the name, the definition, and name tells you what they're for. They are supplements. They are to complement your your nutrition. Um, you know, and I do think the the long answer because yes, there's a, we can get a quick fix. We can get we can use stuff to kind of expedite a goal. I get it. Like there that those supplements do exist for that. But if we're looking for a long term answer and stuff that's going to actually stick uh, for the long term. Um, it is kind of honing in on on nutrition and nutritional habits. I mean, it, it, a, a really easy example would be. Uh, my wife, who who's been working with a friend of ours, Georgie Fear, who is a nutritionist that I respect a ton, uh, and, and I say nutritionist, but she's probably actually a registered dietitian, um, if not both. Um, and she's been working. My wife's been working with Georgie for uh, a, for quite a while. Um, and not so much for like a plan. That that is not what Georgie does. She doesn't provide <coughs> nutritional plans. But what she does talk about are habits. And one, and really the big thing that she works with 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 a lot of our clients is learning, learning to eat when you're actually hungry, (laughs) Hmm. Uh, which that is a skill that is a habit. And that, and that, that, that does take time to learn and appreciate and respect to actually eat when you're, you're physically like your stomach is rumbling because it's hungry waiting for that. Um, And that takes a, a ton of practice. And then on the, on the flip coin of that is, or on the flip side of that is, learning to stop eating when you're full uh those two things i mean we've taken them for granted but you'd be surprised on just those two habits can have a profound effect on on someone's physique goals or uh performance goals uh you know so- yeah go ahead
1: so if I so if I stop eating, when am I full? Am I
0: biohacking? Am I biohacking
1: my yeah, uh, metabolism?
0: I mean, I, I guess yeah. I guess so.
1: <laughs> I mean, because but but the point is, like, you're paying the, the whole thing is you're paying attention to your body. And you're yeah. being mindful about what you're doing. Right? Is yeah. you're 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 thinking ahead, and to me, that's all this term biohacking is: is you're putting more. You're not just going through things automatically. I'm going to go here for lunch. I'm doing this, and I'll watch TV until I pass out. But it's being mindful about what you're doing and thinking ahead. Yep.
0: I can't, yeah. That's, some, that's a that's a brilliant point.
1: Now, another thing that, that I want to reach out to you about, and that's uh, you know, we again we talked about this briefly before I hit the record button. And you and I have both fallen into, I think, a little trap. And and I wanna be careful as we get into this discussion. And that's recently, I made a comment on the podcast where I, I used the phrase, Played like a, a play. Either they cried like a bunch of little girls. or They played like a bunch of girls. Mm-hmm. And and to be and what, there's a listener that left a comment on that. And I know that you ran into a similar situation in a talk that you were giving. And so what happened? In, in what happened? What was your experience? Because I want to talk about this a little bit. Because I want listeners to hear that Tony and I recognize where we've made mistakes. Yeah. And what I want to do is call out you know, the fact that, you know, is the fact that we made these mistakes and, and to think about how can we change that? Because look, we had, we just had the college softball world series. You know, pl- we just had the college softball world series. We have the world, uh, the, the U S uh, the U S is in the world cup for soccer, and they're getting ready to do a women's uh, rugby competition, international women's rugby competition here in San Diego. So, I would love to play like a girl. I would love to play like one of those women. I would absolutely love to have the athletic skills of any of those women. So what's, what happened with you and and what can we do to change this vernacular and change how we use this language?
0: So there's, there's been a handful of instances where I've had pushback on something I've said or something I've written, which, which gave me pause and it gave me an opportunity to lean into it. Like my one thing to my credit, I will say is I I wasn't like the the ordinary uppity male strength coach, like oh you're you're just being stupid. And like uh, no, I I actually leaned into these these cases and I had to kind of do like a pause and 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 really kind of um, digest what was being said and why they were saying it and what I could do differently to uh, right the wrong for lack of a better term.
1: Um, And that's exactly, if I can step in real quick, Tony, because that's exactly how I felt because it's like, I, I, when, when I got that comment, I realized, oh man, I said that. Yeah. And I didn't realize how people might be affected by it. And that's what really, go ahead. And
0: I, and I think in your case, like I didn't hear what you said or in the context that you said it, but, but I, I would be shocked (laughs) if you meant it in a, in a hurtful way. Uh, Uh, you know, so I do think, I think you said they called you a misogynist or, 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 or sexist or whatever term they used. use. Um, you weren't using it in that context. So I do think there's, there's a degree of, it kind of goes both ways. Like, look, come on, really? Like you think, I mean, I think if anyone reads or listens to your stuff or reads or listens to my stuff and looks at, looks at our work as a whole, we're, we are both champions of, of women and female training and the empowerment of all that. Uh, however, that's not to say that, yeah, we, we kind of like, because of society and, and terms we've used and phrases we've used that have become kind of like in our subconscious is because we we hear it on in movies, we hear it in TV shows, we hear it in talk shows, we hear it in the news. You know, there are certain things that we say and do that that are hurtful. Not, I wouldn't say hurtful, but do, do kind of, press people's buttons and we, we have to lean into it. Like, you know, we said it, they, they're having a reaction to it for a reason. So we do kind of have to listen to what's being said, but also to that end, um, I think anyone who listens to you or reads your stuff would know that you, you, there's no way, shape or form that you meant that term as a, as a derogatory in a derogatory sense. And I think, I think, You would agree with that, of course.
1: Um, Oh, totally. And I think in your case, wasn't it? Didn't didn't you make a reference to I think something with the glutes, something with the hip extension? Yeah. So one
0: one in my in one scenario for me, I I was presenting uh, at an NSCA event, and in my presentation, it was a presentation on deadlifts and posterior chain. uh, And one of the slides that I had uh, was an image of of uh, of a woman doing a pull through. but at a side angle, it wasn't like a gratuitous like here's here's her butt. But it was it was it was it was, a, it was a, of her doing a properly formed pull through in in, in appropriate attire. Um, and I think what ended up happening is that when the slide came up, I kind of chuckled and made it a thing, which was on me. Like I was like, oh, like, here's here's Danny. It was Danny Sugar doing a, a pull through. And, um, I just made some kind of, I, I made it a thing. Like I chuckled just out of, I don't know why I did it. I just did it. Uh, And I do remember a day or two later, I received an email from a, a woman who was in, who was listening in on that presentation saying she was, she's like, Oh, it was a good presentation. But however, I was a bit disappointed that you sexualized, um, this exercise or used this slide to sexualize. And of course, like I did not put. The, the slide in there to sexualize anything. Like I I put in the slide that I felt was a properly executed pull through. Um, and it wasn't, it was, it wasn't like angled in a way that was sexualized. It was from the side. She was wearing appropriate attire, but however it was my kind of offhand chuckle that I made it a thing. Does that, does that make sense?
1: Um, totally. And, and, and the interesting thing about that is we get hired, right? We get hired On one hand, we get hired to help people become stronger and become fitter, and as a result of that, their muscularity is going to change, right? Yes. And then the other thing we get hired to do is we get hired to give talks about how the body changes in response to exercise. So on one hand, we have to acknowledge that doing certain exercises will change the appearance of certain muscles, right? Yes, Yes, you know, and then, but and, on the other hand, it is, it's is just we have to be mature about that because I've fallen into that same trap.
0: Yeah, and and and, and certainly I didn't mean anything derogatory about it or sexist by it. Uh, however, and when I got the email, of course I felt awful. I was like, well, well, I was like, I don't want I don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable when I'm when I'm presenting, uh, and and I leaned into it. Like I I I respectfully wrote back and. Um, I, I, expressed my, my, uh, apologies and it was like, I'm, I'm sorry you felt this way. Um, but then I actually did write a blog post about the, the interaction and my reaction to it and how I, how I kind of told myself, okay, I, I'm going to be a little bit more careful with my reactions and my words because they do matter. Um, you know, as a, as a fitness authority and as someone who's, who is presenting, like they, they do matter, of course, um. And I leaned into it. And, you know, and it certainly served as a way of, of professional and personal growth. Um, And I think too, like, you know, in subsequent interactions with the woman who reached out, she, she said, thank you. I I wasn't, first, she's like, I wasn't expecting you to answer me back, first of all. And second of all, I do appreciate your willingness to have a conversation on this and, and to address it and to be professional about it. And, um, so in the in the end, it ended up being a a nice interaction, which you and I both know. When it comes to the internet, that is usually not the case. <laughs> um, no, yeah, you're you know, right. It, becomes, yeah. it just becomes a nightmare. But uh, um, but yeah, that that was a that was a a um, a, a nice situ- or a nice not nice scenario, but um, a, a, an easy scenario where where this conversation comes into play, because um, it is like you know you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a man and I'm, I've, I've, you know, there's, I grew up in an era where it, there, it was like stuff like that was said verbatim all the time. And yeah, we were now we're, it's just different now and we have to be more conscious and, um, you know, we can't use that as an excuse. Well, just because it, it happened in the eighties and nineties, you know, that it's just not the case. Like you have to be careful and, and, and cognizant of, of, uh, other people's reactions. But, but in the, uh, but also too, like, I, I think it is, it is context de- uh, dependent where, um, I, I don't think if, if, if someone looked at our, the, the broader picture, uh, of our, of our, um, of our work, um, you know, I, I would like to think that they wouldn't, they would, um, they know that I'm not a, a mean person, <laughs> But no, that, but it, 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 but it was it was a nice it was a it was a good example of um, it was a learning experience and it was a uh, um, uh, yeah I mean and, and, and in the end it ended up being great like I think uh, it's 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 helped me become a better writer and it's helped me become a better presenter um, and it was a scenario where um, I felt leaning into it was important.
1: Well, and that's kind of the conversation I wanted to have, Tony, is with all this stuff with Me Too. And, and again, we work in a very appearance-driven industry. Mm-hmm. And so it's not hard to make – it It really isn't hard to make an offhand comment about somebody's appearance. Yeah. right? And it's just because that's what we do. That's what people come to the gym for. That's why people hire trainers is, is to change their appearance. But at the same time, I wanted to have this conversation because like you – I was affected that my words, you know, uh, had that re- had that response on somebody and just even earlier in our conversation when we were talking about those 80s movies, I used that that quote from Colors, you know, which could be considered very offhand and very derogatory. And and to your point, I mean that that reinforced your point that is kind of like I don't want to say we're a victim of our cultural of our culturalization because we all have choices to make. But for – there's been an acceptance level for so long yeah. of what men like you and I can say about women that I really think that's shifted. And I think that that this this conversation is us acknowledging that, OK, we have to be much more mindful about how we use certain phrases or use certain words. Yeah,
0: and um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean – you know, and sometimes it does get frustrating because like <laughs> – I do think a lot of stuff is taken out of context, and, and you know. And and uh, I remember there was one case where uh, I used the word "female" instead of "woman," and I got flack for using it because oh, I shouldn't be sexualized. I'm not. I'm not female because of my my the the parts of my body. I'm a woman, and and I was and, and part of me was like was like okay, I want to lean into this too. Um, i want to understand like okay what 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 is this person getting at like what 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 of that what about this word in this context like offended them and and how can i do better to not offend them but i, but I was also like really like <laughs> i use the word female instead of woman like what what, what what what's
1: going on here <laughs> um well um, and, you know, and that's because yeah. that's going down a whole different thing right is now yeah. you have but, but now you have all these gender things i've started noticing i don't know if you've noticed this i've started noticing on linkedin profiles and on emails with people i don't know it'll say you know pronouns gender pronouns she he they whatever yeah and this is just something i mean it's kind of like a new adjustment right i mean it's like we have to just adjust to a whole new thought process yeah
0: and it's uh I mean, it's a learning curve, and I and I and I will, and I do respect it all. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> but it, it it can be it can be a, um, a deep rabbit hole sometimes, where it's just like, man, I didn't. I mean, but then you don't know what you don't know. Like you don't, you never know if something offends somebody until it's said, and then. But I I, I do want to like understand like there's a reason why this person is offended so I I, I don't want to dismiss it uh, so um, and whenever it's happened to me uh, I, I engage like and, and me writing about it is is a bit cathartic um, and I and I do post it on social media and i was like okay i want to get a better understanding of female versus woman and when when to use one word and not the other and like what's when's appropriate to not use it and you know and it, it, this was last year this example um and i remember i put it on facebook and ended up getting a couple hundred responses uh, well i was just
1: about to say i remember that, that you remember that yeah. whole thread and you I did i thought you did a very, very good very, job of so putting it out there very, yeah very,
0: it was actually very enlightening. Like it was like, I saw both sides of the, of the fence. And I was like, most people were like, you didn't offend. Like that's not offensive. And I was like, okay, cool. But, but then some people, for, for this person and maybe a handful of others, it was. And I, I, again, I did not want to dismiss that. So I wanted to understand more of like, okay, what do I need? What do I need to do a better job of here? Um, so, and I wrote about it, which ended up being very cathartic. um, and I think I did. I think I, I did it in a way that was like, okay, uh, I want to, I want to understand this and do a better job. But here's why I said it, and 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 and, and in the context of what I used it, like I, I was actually correct because I was, I was re quoting somebody else saying the word in, a, in, a, in, in their context. And um, hopefully, I'm not confusing the listeners right now. But um, no, but I think anyway, it, it was just a. Uh, I do think we need, like, as men. Um we can't we can't dismiss it. We have to do a better job of leaning into when a woman says something bothers her or she feels uncomfortable or what was said or done is not cool with them um, we have to respect that <laughs>
1: And no and that's exactly that's exactly why I wanted to have yeah. this to have this little you know sidebar with you is because I think professionals like you and I speakers, coaches, writers, if, if we get that feedback, I don't know about you, but I always pay close attention to the the reviews like this that I get when I'm giving a talk or anything. Because if one person took the time to write it, it probably means that four or five other people were thinking it and just didn't write anything down. It's like, yeah, ah, nobody's going to pay yeah. attention. And that's, and that's where, that's where I, I grasp onto it because I'm like, if one person took the energy to write this down, probably other people thought about it. And what I don't want to do is you no, know, not everybody's going to like all my content. I get that. Not everybody's going to appreciate everything we, we put out there. But at the same time, I want to remove barriers. What I'm trying to do is remove barriers. If somebody doesn't like my content, I want them to like it for another reason, not because I use a certain term or said a yeah. certain phrase.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I I couldn't agree with that more. And um, you know, and as someone who does present, uh, it's 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 definitely it's made me better. Like it, it just made me learn to um uh um verbalize my my thoughts a little bit better and and, 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 and and be just better on that front and you know language is another scenario like i I, I swear like anyone else when I, when I present, but um you know doing a good job here of course, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> I appreciate that but uh, <laughs>
0: um, but, uh I mean in, in, in there's even time even with language I mean there i I, I probably get something every month. Um, via from from my blog where oh I wish you didn't swear in this blog it was a good blog but I can't share it because you used an f-bomb and and I that's where I roll my eyes I'm like listen if you if you can't see the bigger picture of what I'm trying to like my message here because I said because yeah. I said the f-bomb like honestly grow up like I mean you don't have to read yeah. my stuff anymore I, I get it like and I'm respectful when I respond back I'm not like you know screw you like how dare you I'm just like hey listen i I know where you're coming from but um, I'm just trying to be my, my authentic self. I swear when I, when I talk, I swear when I write, uh, you know, in this day and age too, you know, when it comes to swearing and I'm not defending it per se, but you know, if it, it, it does help engage people. I mean, for it, it just does like, it, it, you know, there's, it, there's, there is an entertainment value with, with writing. Um, you know, and not that I'm gratuitous in my swearing when I write, but, um, I feel like I do it in a way where it's it's warranted. Like I do, I, I I'm a big fan of the properly or like purposely placed f bomb for for just to, to elicit a response. That's that's kind of the point.
1: Um, well, exactly. No, so, you're you're using it to 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 highlight something you're trying to call out.
0: Yeah. So I know I'm going a little bit off track here, but um, but it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's all as a presenter, as someone who d- does a fair amount of writing. Like I I, I do try to. You, you can't I try to make everyone happy but it's impossible <laughs>
1: <laughs> no you can't and, and, and what i want to as we wrap up the conversation what i want to what i want to say about about women's fitness is I am really um I love the fact of course I get a phone call right now um, but I love the fact that we are now in a position you know when, when we first started in this business 15 20 years ago it was very difficult to try to get everybody in the gym to grab heavy weights mm-hmm. it was very difficult to try to encourage people working out to, to see the benefit of heavier weights. I'm trying to be, be non-gender specific here, but now in the last, what, five to 10 years, I think one of the best things that happened, that's happened to fitness and and I'll be interested in your opinion is the fact that, that barbell training, kettlebell training, high intensity training is now being pursued by everybody, all genders, all, you know, and all ages. And I think that's one of the best things that's happened in the last few years is that now everybody is experiencing the benefits of high intensity or strength training.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, I I look back when I, when I first became a gym rat, uh, you be, you would have been hard pressed to find a woman in the free weight area. Um, And I remember too, there were many commercial gyms who had uh, women specific areas where it was like, they were like, like these sequestered rooms where it was just the women only could train. Um, those that's like a thing of the past. Like I don't see those anymore. And then I, and you walk into a, a, a gym floor now and it's just like a, it's like a, it's a happy, uh, hodgepodge of everything. It's awesome. Um, and you know, young, old, uh, female, male, it's, 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 it's great. Um, and it's, it's just, it's just, a, it's just, I don't even think people think about it anymore. It's just, it, it is what it is. Um, uh, and it's, and it, yeah, it's wonderful. It's fantastic.
1: And, and, that's, and that's really where I, I want to try to come to with this is it's like fitness is so – the other thing is fitness is so open. It, there is no one right way to do it. And one of the things that's awesome about exercise and fitness is there are so many ways to do it that it's open for everybody. It's, it's probably one of the most inclusive things mm-hmm. that anybody can ever do because it doesn't matter your gender, your size, your, your whatever. You can go for a walk around the block, right? <laughs> you can do a plank yeah. for, for 10 seconds. I mean yeah. anybody can do this.
0: Yeah, it's uh you know our, our jobs as as coaches and trainers is to uh, encourage or foster competency and autonomy, uh, you know, and helping people understand, like trying to find okay, because people don't want to feel stupid on a gym floor, like they're doing, they they don't want to look feel like people are looking at them and they're doing a weird exercise, and uh you know if if that's what they want to do, cool, you do you, um, but. You know, I think our 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 one of our main jobs as 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 trainers and coaches is kind of playing uh, psychologists and trying to find trying to get people's headspace to make them feel a little bit more comfortable and just it's just confident. Like I mean, I I love it when I get a a, a client to the point where they don't need me anymore. Um, right? I, isn't I that so? It.
1: Isn't that awesome?
0: That that's 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 pretty much the highest compliment I can get is when a when I, when I, in quotation marks, I get fired from <laughs> from a client. And, uh, um, yeah, and part of that is m- matching their ability level to the exercise program and not, like, you know, not everyone's going to walk in on day one and do a back squat with a barbell. It's just not going to happen. But gobble squat, sure. Landmine squat, yes. Um, there are many, many paths to roam. Uh, and we, we I just wish a lot more um, people would oh, – fitness professionals would understand that because I I hate it when you get on the internet and you just, we argue over stupid stuff. It's like, are you, you're really arguing about low bar versus high bar placement still? Like it doesn't freaking matter. Like it does not matter. Yes, I understand. We can make a point of a lower bar position letting you lift more weight, but who, if, if
1: no, if. I, ah, oh, it bothers me so much. Like, <laughs> well, we'll save that because well, we can have this conversation. Because one of the things that I think you've done a phenomenal job of on your social media content, Tony. Is you always? I think you do a great job of when you learn a new exercise or you tweak an exercise, you know, to to make it more um, user friendly. I think I love your term "accessible." I love that term, making exercise more accessible. But when you show that stuff, man, you do a great job of being creative in, in highlighting other people's work. So I do want to have that conversation with you at a later that, time.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I think that's an undervalued because I think people feel like. Uh, like it's, it's, they're going to lose followers. And I, not that I, I mean, I could get, I don't give two craps about gaining followers or losing followers. Like I just think if you, if you're, if you're putting out good content, people are going to follow you. But uh, um, you know, I, I, I I am adamant on giving credit when uh, I share an exercise that I got from somebody else or I write about something or like whether it's a drill or a programming whatever wizardry or whatever we want to call it. I, if I learn it from somebody uh, I'm going to give, I'm going to tell people where I learned it from.
1: Um, yeah, you, you, I, used a, a, you used something from a you use something from a woman, female. She was a strength coach or physical therapist, and you, and you referred to her. And I looked at her feed. I, I wish I could remember her name. Or it was you know a number of weeks ago. And man, I mean, I was really you know you linked her, and I was really impressed with the movements and with the exercises she put out. So I appreciate that you do that.
0: Yeah, and you know I, I think that it's just um, common professionalism and courtesy. <laughs> I mean, this gets into the whole conversation like plagiarism and like. Which I think yeah. just you—you got to be a complete moron to, to to attempt to do that in this day and age. Like you're going to get caught. Like um, it's not worth it. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's and, it's, uh, it's not worth it at but all. But yeah, like thank you. I pre—I I, I try to I try to not be a jerk online, and you know? I try to be I try to stay in the middle um, and not to take too uh, strong of a stance on any one thing. Um, you know, I, I usually can try to see the the good and bad and in, in any exercise or program or, or whatever. But uh, um, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of being confrontational. There's no,
1: there's no, not enough, no, no time for it. Yeah. So what do you got going on this year? I know you got a couple, you're doing a couple talks. You got a couple, you know, you go out, you do some lecturing. How can, where can people catch you? Uh, you know, I try to keep these evergreen. So like, where are some lectures you're going to be doing and how can people follow along with, with the work that you're putting out there?
0: Yeah. So um, my next big trip is going to be down to Australia in both Sydney and Melbourne. I'm going to be presenting with Dean Somerset. We're going to be doing, we're going to be doing our even more, Complete shoulder and hip blueprint, which we just filmed actually. So that that's actually going to be released as a as a digital product at some point later this summer, early fall, um, which will be cool. And then uh, my wife and I, uh, uh, Dr. Lisa Lewis, will be presenting in Chicago in August our Strong Body, Strong Mind workshop, um, where she I I basically break down assessment, upper lower extremity assessment, breaking down the squat, deadlift, and she as a, as a doctor of psychology can actually speak to psych skills and, uh, um, and the importance of, of that with, with fitness professionals. And cause I mean, I, I you can agree with me, Pete, I think like we are, we are kind of psychologists as trainers and coaches. Uh, there's a lot of oh, psychology yeah. involved with motivation and negative self-thinking and all that stuff. So, Um, that would be pretty cool. And then, and she's actually going to be releasing a product herself later this year titled, uh, psych skills for fitness professionals. Um, which I think, which I think the industry really, really needs. Like this is not some Instagram mindset coach talking about this This is an actual (laughs) doctor of psychology who actually, who actually lifts, um, talking about this stuff. So, um, I think it's going to be pretty cool. And I'm hoping that the industry will, 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 Oh, we'll take it with open arms because it, it is. And every time she and I speak together, um, usually what ends up happening is at the end, people will be like, oh, we came because of Tony, but what we found out, what we really need, is Lisa. <laughs> um, hey, that's a, so, that's a good package. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, um, yeah. So, all that stuff is, is you know, going to be happening. So, I, it'll be pretty cool.
1: You mean she doesn't just post a couple of uh, motivational quotes and some pictures of avocado toast and call no, herself a health coach? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that goes back to that whole conversation about biohacking. Yeah. So what are you? What are the what – what's your website? What are the best social media? What do you po- post most of your, wow, man. your well, most of your consumable content? Well,
0: my website is my name. So it's tonygenicor.com and that, that is home base. That, that's everything. That's articles, blogs, social media, podcast appearances, et cetera. Um, but I would say of late, i I've, I've, I've been I tend to stay on Instagram and Twitter the most. Um, Facebook's still there, of course. I mean, they're the big three. But I've 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 been doing less and less on Facebook and sticking to more Twitter and Instagram. Um, so those are those would be the big ones for me.
1: Cool. I'll have you. we well, have those tags down in the uh, down the show yeah. notes. Well, Tony, man, I'm really glad to catch up. And, and for listeners, I really, you know, Tony and I have been. It, it was a little bit of a gymnastics, uh, or a little bit of a wrestling match for for your time. So I really, man, I oh, really right. appreciate your carving you. out an hour oh, always, and being able to catch up like this. It's always fun to come on. I, I appreciate our talks. All right, cool, man. Well, I look forward to talking soon. And uh, give uh, give your family my best. I will. Before I go into the wrap up with my conversation with Tony. For listeners, you know, this is my plug where I, you know, if you want to learn more about fitness, if you want to learn how to use exercise to enhance your quality of life, pick up a copy of my book, Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple. There's a ton of information about there out there about how to torch fat, lose, get shredded. You know what? If you're a little bit older like me, if you're over the age of 40 or 45, that stuff isn't as important anymore. Yes, you want to look good. Yes, you want to be fit. But exercise is about enhancing your quality of life. And if you do it right, Exercise can actually slow down the effects of the aging process. And that's exactly what I write about in Smarter Workouts. Check out the link in the show notes. If you want to learn more about fitness, please pick up a copy of the book. Support the show. Otherwise, I'm going to keep putting the content out there, and I hope that you keep listening. This was a very important conversation, and, and I mean this. You know, I know we, we segued a little bit about a couple different things, but as somebody who puts content out there, somebody who puts themselves out there publicly... I know I cannot please everybody all the time. And as Tony and I talked about, if someone doesn't like my approach to fitness or someone doesn't like my content, I'm fine with that. I'm cool with that. You know, I'm a big boy. We can all, you know, I'm going to resonate with some people. Other people are going to look at what I do and be like, "Ah, that's junk." I'm fine with that. You know, and I think Tony's the same way. But as a public speaker, as an educator, as someone who does a lot of this stuff, I am mindful of the words that I use. And so I felt horribly To be labeled a misogynist for using the phrase, crying like a bunch of little girls, number one, yeah, that's an inappropriate phrase. I mean, little kids cry. And I should probably, if I am going to use that phrase, and I probably shouldn't, but if I am going to use that phrase, I should probably say crying like a bunch of babies or crying like a bunch of little kids. It is not fair to put a gender determination on that. Because let's be fair, I know there are plenty of women out there who are much stronger, fitter, tougher, better athletes, more intelligent, more, there, there are women out there that are better than me in, in so many, di- in every different way. So it really is, if I use a phrase like that, it, it's a product of being in a very male dominant society. And I'm not going to blame it on that. I mean, I choose my words, but at the same time, and we we do use certain phrases that are sexist. We do use certain phrases that are inappropriate, that are in our common usage, so getting that feedback, you know, whether Tony makes a comment about somebody's appearance in a video during his lecture or whether, you know, and I'll look for that blog so I can post that blog. because I think that's a very important conversation or whether I use a phrase like crying like a little bunch of little girls. I think these are important conversations to have because we should be removing the, these things from from our dialogue. And I want to be one of those people that, you know, I can sit there and say, yeah, that's a little bit of a wah, 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 you're nitpicking, but at the same time, that was a legitimate point. That was a very legitimate point, and it caused me to reflect on what I say and, and how I conduct some of these interviews and, and how I say that. So I do do want to take that time to recognize that. Now, the other thing about the biohacking, that was more of a, of a fun conversation. We had a little exchange on Twitter, but I really mean that. You know, with, with my podcast, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to bring you insights into how to use exercise and fitness. What I'm not gonna do, you know, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna try to sell you my book and yeah, I'm gonna have a couple ads on here to promote products, because that's how we make money to keep the, the podcast going, to pay for my time and and other stuff. You know, I'm not <laughs> I'm not making any money on this podcast right now. I'm just doing it as a vehicle to promote my book. But when you look at this, when you look at putting this content out there, I want to do it in a way that is, is open to everyone, every single person. If someone doesn't like my content, I do not want it to be because I use a phrase or word inappropriately. If you don't like the show, if you don't like a blog I write, if you don't like an article I write, I want it to be for something else other than, than a term that I use or a word that I use. And, and this sounds a little bit, you know, I read something about this during the whole Me Too thing about 18 months ago. But this is a serious thing. I mean, I grew up with a, a mother who started her own lobbying company in Washington, D.C. You know, I have two young daughters. My, I have two young daughters myself. So I am very, and my my former wife, my soon-to-be ex-wife, works in law enforcement. I have been around strong women. I, I, played, I, I had a friend who used to practice rugby with us when she was on the women's national team because she wanted to play with and against guys to make her better. You know, I have, you know, so to sit there and, and to be labeled somebody that is unfair to women is tough to hear because I've been around strong women my whole life. I am a father of two daughters. I do nothing but try to encourage people to be the best of who they are regardless of gender. You know, so when you look at this, especially in our industry of where our industry is, we are an appearance-driven industry. So that is a fine line that coaches, both male and females, have to walk. I know women coaches have had trouble with men becoming attracted to them and following them, you know, kind of almost stalking them when all they're doing is they're doing their job teaching fitness classes and these people start stalking them around. So, yes, there's some very serious gender issues in the fitness industry. And, yes, I've, I've said some inappropriate things. And you know what? I probably will again in the future. I know I'm not going to be perfect, but if I do say something inappropriate, if I do say something that does offend somebody and they call me on it, I am more than willing to have that conversation and I am more than willing to take a look and say, you know what? You're right. I need to remove that phrase from my vernacular. That's what this sh- today's show was about. was about kind of like having that conversation about the reality. We talk about some gender roles. We talk about biohacking. Biohacking is nonsense. I mean, That's where I was going earlier with my book. I'm not trying to sell you any supplements. I'm not trying to sell you any vitamins. I'm not. As you heard Tony and I talk about, the only thing I'm trying to sell you, other than my book on the show, the only thing I'm trying to sell you is get good sleep, make smart nutrition choices, drink plenty of water, and do something physically active every day. That is the biohacking product that I'm selling you. I'm not going to be like other podcasters out there and spend the first 10 minutes of my podcast talking about all the pills, potions, blah, 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 crap I do on a daily basis. That I'm not going to do. But if you want biohacking... Be active every day, don't eat like an idiot, good good sleep, and just be smart about your approach to exercise. So with that, thanks for tuning in this episode of All About Fitness. If you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm putting a lot of information up on Instagram about how the different types of exercises that can enhance your quality of life. My Instagram tag is Pete McCall underscore fitness. That's Pete McCall underscore fitness on Instagram. If you want to reach out to me via email with comments about this show or any other show I've done, Please feel free to do it, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's Pete at com. And if you have any reviews of the show, good or bad, I mean seriously, if something doesn't resonate with you, I need to know because there are probably other people out there thinking the same thing. So I appreciate the comments positive. I appreciate the comments that are negative because those negative comments are where we get the best learning opportunity about how we can do this better. Thanks for stopping by and I look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.